0: The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello and welcome back to The Baggies Podcast. It's episode 22 of The Baggies Podcast here. And of course, we're going to be talking about all things Albion. On today's show, we've got the lineup. We're going to be going through the lineup that we chose against Newcastle United. We're going to be going through the game against Newcastle United. Another loss for the Baggies. A 2-1 loss in this particular occasion. And we're also going to discuss the vital and pivotal question. What is going on at West Bromwich Albion? Is it the board? Is it Billich? Is it the players? We're going to be exploring all of those ideas and also hearing your thoughts in this episode of the Baggies podcast so stick around to the end if you want to hear about all of those things and make sure you're following us on twitter if you are new and leaving us a positive review on apple Podcasts. so you can do that if you're listening on apple Podcasts. you can leave us a review good bad whatever uh, you can just click how many stars you want to give us and do that so without further ado let's get straight into this episode episode 22 of the baggies podcast The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So as mentioned in the introduction another loss for West Bromwich Albion a 2-1 defeat at Newcastle with Dwight Gale, one of them, you know one of our favorite players over the past few years coming back to haunt us to get the winner for Newcastle. Yeah we're going to go more, into more detail with that game in just a second. But let's first talk about the lineup and you know what Slaven picked and, uh, to go out there in this game against Newcastle. We all thought you know as suspected Newcastle were going to have some absentees after you know the recent Surge in coronavirus cases uh, that have happened at Newcastle. We didn't exactly know who, uh, but we knew that perhaps it might be a weakened side. But Steve Bruce was making it out like it was going to be, you know, uh, under-18s basically playing. Um, But yeah, it wasn't to be the case. It was uh, a fairly strong lineup, perhaps apart from the back four. So the midfield and the strike force was pretty pretty normal. But yeah, a few changes coming in for Newcastle United. Uh, in that game, uh, a bit, pretty misshapen back line with Kraft, Hayden, uh, Clark. Lewis was probably a, a, a you know an assumed pick. He'd have probably played anyway. Uh, and then Almiron, Longstaff, Shelby, Ritchie, Wilson and Joel Linton uh, in the midfield and up front. Uh, we made three changes for this game. We brought in um, Robinson, uh, O'Shea and Kravinovic in for this game. Uh, obviously, because Pereira is suspended, so Krvinovic had to come in. Uh, O'Shea in for Bartley, and Robinson in for Grady D'Ingana who played against Palace but uh, didn't get on the pitch today. Uh, yesterday against um, against Newcastle United. So there were the um, there, there were the changes that we played. Obviously, three five two, as as we've come to sort of expect from the, from the lads uh, over the past few pl- past few weeks. Uh, Pereira suspended. Um, As we all know, after the uh, red card, it's a violent conduct red card as well, which is annoying because that means he's going to miss the next three games, including the one against Man City in midweek and also the one against Aston Villa on the following Saturday. So, yeah, there's a few games that Pereira is unfortunately out of. But, yes, what can you do with the standard of officiating in this league? Uh, On the bench for both teams, Andy Carroll, Daniel Langley, uh, Yedlin, Gale, Murphy, Jeff Hendrick and Matthew Longstaff. In for Newcastle on the bench for Albion Kipre made a made a bench appearance, which was a, you know funny sight to see. Uh, David Button, Charlie Austin, Dean Garner, Livermore, Grasic, and Kieran Gibbs. So there we go. Those are the subs and the lineups for West Brom and Newcastle. So yeah, interesting lineups picked uh, by the two managers there. Um, Slaven, you know, made a couple of brave brave changes really. Uh, dropping Dean Garner, yeah, Dean Garner not really been at the standard that we were expecting this season. I think Dean Garner perhaps has let Billich down in a way. I'm not sure whether you know it's a confidence issue or something like that. But uh, yeah, he's a shadow of his former self on on the pitch at the moment. Obviously, costing uh, the highest fee this summer. Uh, as as far as I'm aware, um, £18 for Dean Garner, I think, um, for him. So, yeah, he sort of let Billish down in a way. I don't know whether it's a confidence issue, it's a problem with the playing style, I don't know. But, yeah, Dean Garner not putting in the performance, so probably does deserve to be dropped. Um, Yeah, but let's get straight into the game uh, against Newcastle at St James's Park, one in which that was a, a difficult one to take again. Now, I know we said this last week, and I know I say it virtually, it's becoming nearly every week now, that, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to take yet again, a winnab- winnable game, uh, and one that we've gone to lose, uh, like the Crystal Palace one, but perhaps not in such embarrassing fashion, which I suppose we can be grateful for. Yeah, so the game, yeah, a, t- a tough one to take, as mentioned. Uh, in all, all in all, a poor performance, I'd have to say. Yeah. It's something that we have looked like, perhaps winning. Well, i say there was a spell in the game where we looked relatively on top. But, in fact, the, the, there was plenty of um, plenty of chances that we could have created but didn't, in a way. We we took quite a while to get a shot on target, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but, yeah, so the the game started, uh, and within 22nd, we'd conceded. Um, a ball from Joel, in, uh, sorry, it was a lofted ball forward. Um, came to Callum Wilson who muscled Branislav Ivanovic off the ball, gave it to Joel Linton, Joel Linton passed it to the back post and Miguel Almaron was there, happy as Larry to to do a nice, little, neat little finish into the corner. So obviously it was a a simple goal to concede. So we'll start with that goal, we'll unpick that. So firstly you've got to look at the defending, because the defending was absolutely terrible for that um that first goal from Miguel Almiron, Uh you've got Phillips playing at left wing back. You know, he Matt Phillips, people have been, I've seen people arguing on Twitter about Matt Phillips saying he's you know, he's a right right winger why is he playing le- left left wing back? I have to say Matt Phillips has got the perfect set of attribute attributes to play left wing back. He just doesn't have the he just doesn't have that sort of um you know, fight or desire anymore. Uh, you know, he's got perfect attributes, he's strong, he's fast, you know, what? all he needs to do is learn to play and defend. He's just left, he's been drawn to the ball, he's caught, been caught ball-watching, he, he sucked in by the ball. And Miguel Almiron's sort of just sat there, uh, wide of the wide of the 18-yard box, and he's just happily come in and tapped it home. But we've got to talk about Branislav Ivanovic, and the captain for the day as well, getting nudged off it by Callum Wilson. I mean, Wilson's a strong lad. You know, fair enough. You know, he's quite. You know, he's well built lad, uh, big. You know, big and strong. But Ivanovic is big and strong as well. But Ivanovic is a bit of a unit, I have to say. How are you getting nudged off it by Wilson? There is pretty poor. And then Phillips to not be marking your man like that. And after twenty seconds, it was our it was our bleeding kickoff as well. It was our off. We we pumped it straight forward to them, and they just get, come down our end and score straight away. It just, it takes, you know, it deflates you a bit, doesn't it, as a West Brom fan, and surely a player as well. If you've just, for example, I'm going to just say, you know, Sam Johnston, you haven't even touched the ball and it's in the back of your net. It's it's, it's harsh, you know, it's harsh on a lot of the players who would had nothing to do with that. Because you think about somebody like, I don't know, I'd say Grant hasn't been anywhere near as what we've expected from him, but he's he's just taken a kick off, he touched the ball once, and it, you know... you know it's not fair that the fact the lack of defend the lack of defensive organisation has cost us in in the first 20 seconds of the game at least hold out for a minute or something i mean it's just ridiculous yeah so you start with that goal and you think oh my god here we go again we're going to yeah. you saw us go one one goal down sorry one goal down against crystal palace and we ended up you know toweling uh, and, and ended up conceding five so i was at, i said i said I, I, you know i can see us conceding five or six here you know not because we're about not because we're about but because we just seem to lose the plot when we go 1-0 down and that doesn't happen to other teams other teams are spurred on by the fact they've gone 1-0 down and that sort of wakes them up but for us it just doesn't we end up in like this sort of lull of you know what are we doing you know oh god oh no we've we we're going to have to work now yeah it just doesn't seem right but yeah then um uh the match went on uh, th- i'd say newcastle dominated for those sorts of that sort of period afterwards uh there were plenty of times where newcastle could have um ended up scoring uh, there were a couple of little little um little uh, elements of uh glimpses of hope for um for uh, f- for West Brom Albion, but we weren't able to um capitalize from them um yeah so we went to um so we went into the second half Uh, We made two substitutions. We bought Carl and Grant off for Charlie Austin and Kieran Gibbs on for Callum Robinson. Now, I liked the Austin substitution. People, you know, I actually, I was at the start of the season, I was really like, I think it's time for Austin to go. But he's here now and he provides a bit of physicality. You saw it when he came on, a bit of backing into players that we don't have when Robinson and Grant are on. Robinson and Grant, they're a bit weak. As a strikefall. I'm not saying bad players. I mean, physically, we, you know, not particularly strong. They're both very quick, but they both don't offer very much physically. So when that ball's being pumped into the air and you really need somebody to just hold on to it for just a second, they're not really very good at it. Yeah, And but the the other thing about them is that they don't tend to make very intelligent runs. I, I say Grant made a couple. In that game, Robinson, not so much. But Austin, you know, he's there for, he was there for a bit of physicality, and he certainly gave that when he came. And I was a bit confused as to, you know, why he was on the bench for the first time in ages. And I was actually glad to see it. Because, you know, a big lad like him, and he's got a bit of a finish on him as well. So I can see why he was bought. And I wouldn't have agreed to taking both Robinson and Grant off. I might have just kept Grant or Robinson on. And then... Um, Uh, austin on the austin on the other side uh yeah i thought that would might have worked a bit better but austin came on and he showed a bit of physicality and that's that's really good to see i can't see why um you know he's not perhaps used a bit more often that from that performance from me i know he didn't score i know he didn't really do a lot but that surely says to me um that you got a good player who's gonna you know come on and do a decent job you know he's, he's he's backing into players he's he's um you know, he's causing problems for defenders because they're like, "Oh, we have got a unit on now, and we've got somebody quick to deal with if Grant or Robinson was there." You know, there's two completely different styles of strikers. What are we going to do? So I feel that's the best way to go about it in the future. Maybe not start Austin because I don't think he's, you know, but he's shown he's not got the fitness levels. But yeah, I think um, that that worked quite well when he came on. And uh, you know, another thing I have to note down is is, is a. Oh, well, I suppose I'll go into that after we've explained what happened for the rest of the match. Then. Uh we scored. Substitution actually. The ball came uh, over from Matt Phillips. He does well down the left flank actually and puts in a pretty dangerous cross. And Fulon comes absolutely flying in. Um He he just gambles and he just comes flying in and he I don't think he's like you know, it's not a fantastic finish. It it looks like a fantastic He's not really Caress that home, he's just coming flying in, throwing himself out. Him. I love that from Furlong. And he's come in and he's flown in and he's put the ball right in that bottom corner, and it's a fantastic goal. Um, which is really good. Um so yeah, we they scored uh, that we scored that goal, which took us to one-one. Then after 69 minutes, Mr. Dwight Gale came on for Jamal Lewis. Um yeah, we we all had a little feeling, I think, as to what was gonna happen. Um and the ball comes in to from Jacob Murphy. Yeah, Jacob Murphy putting the cross in as well. Yeah, probably one of the worst players I've seen play for Albion over the past couple of years. Uh and Gale heads home from close range. Bit of defensive disorganisation, which we'll talk about in a second. Um and that made it two one and after that we didn't really um didn't really get up to much, didn't really look like scoring. Really for that, but yeah, for that um, that goal, it's just a defensive organisation again. O'Shea gets caught, sort of like ball watching in front of Gale. He slipped Ivanovic and O'Shea and just heads home. I mean, it's a really good cross from Murphy, but there was a little effort to close down from I think it must have been Gibbs, a uh, left left back. Yeah, there's a real little effort to close Murphy down. So he's always going to, you know, you know he's a decent player, got the heart of a P but he's a fantastic, you know, he's, he's a really pacey player and can do things, he's just got the heart of a P when you give him time and space, he's going to put in a decent ball um, yeah, and he, he's always going to, you know, there's always going to be quality in that Newcastle side, and if you give him time and space of course they are, and if you, Dara O'Shea made a bit of a mistake, I'd probably put that down to Ivanovic as well but O'Shea sort of um, O'Shea sort of not jumping at full stretch like you know, sort of it goes over his end. He thinks Oh, somebody else will sort that out. And Ivanovic is just nowhere, you know. He's just nowhere, nowhere to be seen. I think it's time to be dropped for Ivanovic. He did really well in that Burnley game against tough strikers that are you know tall and strong, not a lot of pace about them, and he worked well against them. But as soon as he's coming up against any sort of creative flair or or pace, he looks all over the shop, and he looks his age, doesn't he? But yeah, fortunately, I think it's about time for a little drop in for him. maybe go back to four at the back. He's got to try something different at the moment. at the moment it's not working. It really isn't. Uh, yeah, but what you know, uh, it was what, what went wrong yesterday? It was a real lack of urgency for me, which I was trying to mention earlier, but I, I think I mentioned now. a bit of lack of urgency. you know, balls going out of play and people are just sort of sauntering after it. There's, there's no real pace in the play. No game plan as well, I have to say yesterday. Took off your best player with 80 on 80 minutes on the clock. The only one who's actually driving you forward in Conor Gallagher, trying to get you up the pitch, and you take him off. So you just lose all your drive in the midfield with when you take him out. Um, Fair enough. You bring on Grzegi like that change, but I don't know why Phillips wasn't told got got off earlier because he, you know, he's he's little of no use up front, isn't he? Apparently he was playing up front in that in, the, in that particular game. But yeah, uh, Conor Gallagher coming off was a stupid decision for me. I think he's got to stay on. You know, he's man of the match yesterday for me. Uh, we'll see what you guys have thought about that in a bit. But, yeah, Gallagher, just driving you forward, you can't really be taking a player of that sort of quality off. It just doesn't make very much sense when you need a goal, you need somebody to get you forward, because at the moment, you've just got, you just got a, a load of players who are just sort of, you know, without aim, really. They've got no aim as to what they're trying to do. I feel like they look a bit disorganised at the back. They look a bit disjointed in midfield, and they, up front, they just look absolutely toothless. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be enough desire or urgency from the from the baggies at the moment. It's now time to discuss. I'm afraid the elephant in the room, and that is what is going wrong at West Bromwich Albion. It's blame. As i you know, I'm always overseeing a lot of good. Everyone in touch to their own opinions. I see a lot of opinions on Twitter, some of which blame different things. So, firstly, let's start with the board. Where does the blame lie with the board? And you can you can you can there is an element of blame I think for every well all of the three <laughs> culprits that I've put on this list so the board obviously you know you can start with the amount of money they've put in and the you know the amount of money that they've stuck into the club um and that is um not very much uh, I'd say uh, this season the budget was 25 30 million. I think, yeah, yeah. that's just not enough. Yeah, fair enough, 10 years ago, we came up with 25 million. If 25, you know, we came up to the Premier League with 25 million, wow, what a fantastic, you know, budget that would be. You know, you could buy so many good players uh, with that sort of budget, and that's really good, and you could really strengthen your side. This, this day and age, that will get you two, two or three like it has, really. So, yeah, the board can be blamed for the amount of budget. They can be blamed for perhaps their lack of... Um, you know, they seem to not really care about the club. They don't seem to have a lot of um, interest in it. They're clearly trying to get it, get rid of the club, trying to sell it on to somebody else. Uh, which I'd like. I'd like somebody to come in and take it on. You know, somebody with a bit of money, someone someone with a bit of passion for football. Because these 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 guys in charge of our club, they don't care about the football club. They care about the money that's coming out of it. A bit. And they're obviously pocketing some sort of thing because that promotion to the Premier League is is huge and it, it does you know bring a lot of money towards the club so some of that has obviously been pocketed and and that's ridiculous you know pocketing money for yourself out of, a, out of this football club it should be going straight back in if you want to survive next year you put money back into the club he's just going to lose lose loads of money because lots of players are going to go players are going to go we're going to perhaps end up in a mid table championship position but yeah so that's that's the board's fault really uh, billich is the next person on the list Where does the problem lie with Billich? And some, uh, you know, there's a few things. I I don't want to say Billich out. I'm not going to say Billich out because I don't think that's the way I feel. I don't think it's the way that Billich needs to, you know, needs to be. He has. He's still on a pretty bad run of form. I'm sure we can all agree with that. That's surely his fault in the championship. If you know he couldn't um, couldn't get them going to to get promoted on those final few games of the season, and nearly cost us. So perhaps that's his fault. Another thing is that um you know this this lack of this, this lack of urgency in the in the games that's probably down to him as well. He's not most of it in the players correctly. Defensive organisation. Uh, a once fantastic fullback back in Billich can't defend can't get their defence together, which is not good. Uh so that's probably that's probably his fault as well. Perhaps the signing, signings that he has made are his fault that aren't Premier League level. I mean, perhaps you could have found somebody else that was Premier League level in, for eighteen million. Uh, you know, uh, Eze, for example, Eberizi Eze of um, Crystal Palace went for about twenty million. We signed Dean Garner for eighteen, which is who's doing the business in the Premier League at the moment. It's Eze. Looks so like such an elegant footballer and showed that against us last week. So perhaps you can blame Village for that. You can blame the players. You know where where do the players the players lie with their lack of effort? But they know they're not Premier League quality. Surely they've got to know people like Townsend who and Furlong who have fair enough have stepped up massively, but unfortunately still not quite good enough. They stepped. This is the top of their game that they're playing. Furlong and Townsend, or was playing Townsend before he got injured. So it's top of their game. That's the top of their game that they're playing, and it's still not good enough for the Premier League. That you know, they surely know in their hearts that they are not good enough for this level, but they are really trying, and I do have to respect that. You know, you, they are they are shown a marked improvement, but it's probably not good enough for the Premier League. Um, people like Bartley and and even Ivanovic must be thinking, "What the hell am I doing here in this Premier League? I'm starting eleven for this Premier League back line," uh, and you know. It's obviously not not you know they're thinking wow how have I got here? People like Grant should be thinking wow this is my chance to shine in the Premier League. I've shown I show what I could do with Huddersfield when when we were hit when when he was there for that short period of time and at the end of that season they went down. But you know he, he's got a chance to shine on the big stage and he hasn't. Um Sawyer's probably so pointless having him on the pitch yesterday, just back and side, back and side, back and side. I don't think he looked forward all day. Uh, and Yeah, I don't know, maybe the sun was in the other direction and he wanted to keep his eyes out of it, but he didn't look forward all day. But yeah, in my opinion, it's not Billich's fault, it is the board's fault. He needs backing, but that some of the tactical decisions can be, you know, would you'd say they're a bit poor as well. Uh, and I'd have to agree with that. So, without further ado, let's hear your guys' opinions on the podcast this week. So, let's see what you guys have been thinking. Let's go and have a look what you've been thinking on Twitter. So, the first question I asked you was some today yesterday's game in a sentence. Who was your man of the match? Score prediction for City and Villa. Does Bilic need to go? And if so, who comes in for him? Paul Garbert um says, it's the same old story unfortunately. Felt hard done by. We lost again and have to accept we are just not good enough at this level. I have to agree with Paul there. We were a bit hard done by. I didn't think we were dreadful yesterday, but eventually defensive mistakes are going to cost you. And that was the, you know, it's the same old story, really. Um, Gallagher was his man of the match. I'd agree with that. Uh, he thinks we're going to lose 4-0 to City and 2-0 to Villa. Uh, he says reluctantly, yes, Slaven has to go. But who can replace him and be effective is the question. He hates to say it, but it's got to be big Sam for, for Paul i have to say somebody like Big Sam would probably do the job and I don't want to say it, but I think it I think it's the sort of job for Pulis. I'm glad he's in a job because we might actually probably have him back. But it's his sort of job to organise a defence. I might I'd prefer Sam to Pulis, obviously, because I think Sam does provide a little bit more in that attacking area than Pulis. Um but yeah, uh, and Tim says Uh, It was a sloppy performance. Uh, He didn't see a man of the match. A 5-0 loss to Man City, he thinks. And a 1-1 draw with um, Aston Villa. Billich needs backing and calm heads around him. And the captains in the side need to stand up now. I agree. Actually, one of the things I failed to mention is the lack of leadership in the side. I think Jake Livermore's a great captain. um, uh, But he wasn't on the pitch and he wasn't there to help the players yesterday. So, you know, there's no leadership on that pitch yesterday. So, I'm going to have to agree with Tim on that one. But once again, thank you, everybody, Paul and Tim, for getting your thoughts in on this week's podcast. But that brings us to the end, and uh, no announcement from the board so far on uh, the sacking of um, sacking of um, Billich. There's no been no news on that. Probably they haven't googled the result yet. The owners, so they probably don't know it. They don't know what's happening. So without further ado, that brings us to the end of the. Show for this week. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next week, where hopefully we'll have something to, hopefully something to cheer about. We have got Man City and Aston Villa uh, in the in the next week before the next podcast. So hopefully we're going to be um, seeing some wins. I probably not, but we'll see. So without further ado, follow us on Twitter at the Baggies Pod to get involved next week, and I'll see you next time. See you later, Baggies fans. Have a great week.